Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. We are moving into a unique chapter in our study of the book of Leviticus, one that deals with a very important day. Now, you may know that day as the Day of Atonement. It occurs in the seventh month on the tenth day of that month. And we know it as the Day of Atonement, but when you read about this day in the book of Leviticus, not in the chapter we're going to be studying tonight and next week, but when you look at chapter 23 in the book of Leviticus and verse 27, you'll find that it's not called the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, but it's called Yom HaKippurim, which means the Day of Atonements. And why the plural? Well, the Bible doesn't tell us, but let me share with you at least what what many have said. And that is, we need atonement in this world in regard to our transgressions and sins and iniquities that we have done to one another. But we also need atonement in regard to our sins and transgressions and iniquity that we have done from a heavenly standpoint, meaning against God. As David said, first and foremost, all sins are sins against God. Now, it may injure another person, but ultimately, one who has sinned has sinned against God. And therefore, we see the plural in this term, hakiporim atonements but remember i say this frequently and that is redemption is better than atonement redemption is an eradicating of that sin so that the sin is no longer there it's no longer recognized by god he has forgotten it and there's no longer any punishment in regard to that sinful act that iniquity that transgression but an atonement only conceals it covers up that sin and it only postpones a judgment a punishment that is coming it does not do away with that punishment or judgment so realize although we learn principles in this day of atonement and what the scripture says about atonement in general it is foreshadowing a greater work of god where he redeems his people completely from all of their sins well with that said take out your bible and look with me to the book of leviticus and chapter 16. we are going to begin this chapter this week at this time but next week we'll complete the second half look with me if you would to verse 1 leviticus chapter 16 and verse 1 and pay close attention to how this chapter begins because we're going to see an event being repeated 
that we had previously studied earlier in this chapter verse 1 and the lord spoke to moses after the death of the two sons of aaron when they came forth or when they drew near and it's a word of drawing near for the purpose of making an offering so they drew near before the lord and what happened they died now they died but remember correctly god slayed them and why because they came into a place where they were not supposed to be they came in there also at a time that god permitted no one to come in and they offered up a offering an incense offering that was not according to the instructions of god what are we summarizing in one thing we are summarizing improper incorrect worship and it's very significant that when we look at the instructions concerning the day of atonement that it begins by reminding us of improper worship here's the principle that we're supposed to glean from this one of the most offensive sins is when we worship god improperly and therefore we should always pause and make sure that that how we're worshiping god is indeed biblically sound and unfortunately today there are numerous places that say that they love god and let's be more specific they say that they love messiah yeshua jesus christ and they're worshiping him but i would suggest to you that their forms of worship what is being said what is being done the presentation the appearance is not biblical worship it does not meet the category for that which is pleasing in the eyes of god for worship and therefore this chapter gives us insight that when god speaks about the day of atonement the thing that he brings to reference is improper worship look again it says what the consequences were for this improper worship it says vaya mutu meaning they died when we do not worship god properly it brings about death look now to to verse 2 and the lord said to moses speak to aharon your brother that he should not come at any time and that word at means season or opportunity not just at any time into the holy place and then it's more specific see we have the holy place and also the most holy place and he says the holy place and then he says from the house of the parochet now the parochet is the dividing thing it's a curtain we might think of it as it said in the book of matthew chapter 27 where we speak of the veil also in hebrews chapter 4 we have that same concept of a veil and that veil were was a curtain that separated the holy place from the most holy place and this is the emphasis the most holy place the holy of holies is the place 
that we're speaking about emphasizing on the day of atonement look again at verse 2 and the lord said to moses speak to aharon your brother that he should not come at any time to the holy place from the house of the veil and the veil is the hebrew word parochet before the kaport so we have the parochet the parochet is the veil and then we have the word kaport the kaport maybe your bible will say mercy seat it's the covering for the ark of the covenant or the ark of the testimony now we know that the ark was made of acacia word etchitin that was covered with pure gold but the kaport that is the lid for the ark of the covenant had no acacia wood it was made of pure gold solid gold and this is what's being emphasized here and upon that kaport were were also made the two cherubim and we talked about this in not too distant study and and therefore this is what's being emphasized before the kaport that is the mercy seat which is upon the ark if he does not do it according to god's instructions he will die if he does it in the proper way of god's instruction he will not die what does god promise to do look at the end of verse 2 for in a cloud i will appear over the caport and it's only with god's presence there from a revealed standpoint god he dwelt in the holy of holies between the cherubim the the cruvim the two cherubim above the caport we know that from a later book the book of numbers chapter 7 and verse 89 when moses <coughs> excuse me when moses went in to dedicate the tabernacle he heard the voice of god speaking to him from that location so here we see that that god would manifest himself uniquely in that cloud and then it was permissible for only the high priest not just any priest but only the high priest to come into this location but again only one time a year look now to verse 3. with this aaron should come to the holy place so as he approaches the holy place remember that's on the outside of the parochia that veil when he comes near to the holy place he does so with a bull the son of a a cow for a sin offering now the word that i translated cow is bakar it's simply a word for cattle in the singular so it brings forth a bull which is a male bull that is born from obviously a cow and this bull is going to be for sin offering but he also brings a ram which is for the burnt offering verse 4. now not only what he brings is important but also his attire and i would just would just underline that and saying attire is important to god and to me and i'm just going to say this from a personal standpoint you can make a a decision 
whether what this verse is going to say in verse 4 is is related to what i'm going to say right now i see a significance between the attire being demanded by god to appear in a certain way that people should should approach god in worship even today dress appropriately not dress for what's comfortable for me what what i enjoy wearing what i think i look good in or what is going to convey something to those who are there if we're talking about the leadership is the leadership dressing and the leader in particular the the one who's going to be leading and sharing the teaching or the one leading worship are they doing it to to fit in and please the the ones who are attending or are they doing it with a sensitivity notice what the text says verse 4 when when aharon the high priest comes at that one time and we know that from a later chapter on the 10th day of the seventh month when when the high priest goes in it says verse 4 a linen tunic and then it says holy what does that mean set apart one that's purposeful one that is for this specific purpose so the tunic that's linen for this purpose he shall be clothed and also the linen trousers the linen pants that shall be upon his flesh and also there should be a sash an avnet a sash that is also linen that should gird him and also a mitznefet that is a a turban a turban a unique one of linen shell be placed upon his head for these are notice this the holy garments now i would would strongly say that we should approach god in the house of worship in a way that shows sensitivity for his holiness and not trying to make a statement to others but a statement of submissiveness a statement of honor a statement of respect a statement that recognizes that god is holy in the fullest sense of that word that he's pure that he's righteous and our attire should reflect knowledge of of this characteristics these characteristics of god look at the last part of the verse we're still at the end of verse 4 where it says and he shall wash in water his flesh and then he shall shall dress now what's important about this is this washing most commentators see this not as a bath but as an immersion and we've talked about before that this immersion brings a change in in status from that which is common to that which is set apart set apart for a purpose that's why messiah was immersed in the jordan river when he says to john let it be so for fitting of all righteousness what was he saying at this immersion i'm dedicated now not that he was not but ever that he wasn't but now he is is only doing these things that are related to the uniqueness of his call doesn't mean that there was something problematic beforehand but 
whereby he was up until the time that he began his ministry he was living living a holy life a righteous life a life without sin but in this world doing the normal things that that individuals do but never having sinned but when he immersed he was beginning he was setting himself apart specifically for this role that god had given to him so the immersion signifies a change of status that relate to the purposes of god look now to to verse five and from the congregation of the children of israel and this word congregation means the assembly of witnesses he will take that is aaron should take two goats one (coughs) one is for a sin offering and also a ram that is going to be for a burnt offering now he takes two goats and a ram we know what what one of those goats are for a sin offering what's the other one for we'll come to that later on finally he says look at verse 6 and aaron shall offer up the bull that's also a sin offering he shall do so this offering of the bull for himself and he shall make atonement for himself and for his household what does he mean by his household the priests all the priests that are from his house and he is the priestly house meaning all priests descended from aaron all of his sons were priests verse verse 7 and he will take the two goats and he will stand them before the lord at the entrance to the tent of the meeting so now we're dealing with these two goats now they're related to a sin offering one is what about the other we'll look at verse 8 and aaron shall set upon the two goats and we have basically a term goral which is a lot so he's going to put a lot something that reveals their unique purpose now both of them are related to a chatat a sin offering but in a different way so there's two they're related to a sin offering but one in the standard way the other in a unique way and as i said we'll talk about that in a moment look again at at verse 8 aaron shall set upon the two goats lots one lot is for the lord and the other lot is for and hear this azazel so azazel we're going to see is a place that's in the wilderness that speaks about judgment and we'll see why in a moment but let's press on look if you would to verse 9 and aaron shall bring forth the goat which went up upon it the lot for the lord so now we're dealing with the first goat and this goat had the lot that was unto the lord and what should he do with it as i said look now to the end of verse 9 ve asahu chatat 
he shall make it a sin offering but notice something else verse 10 but the goat which went up upon it the lot for azazel he's going to do something very different and what is that he is going to stand that goat that's implication alive he will stand alive this goat before the lord for atonement for himself and he will send it to azazel send it for azazel and it says into the wilderness now this term azazel scholars will tell us it relates to judgment a punishment of judgment but in this case this one who's called this goat who's known with that lot for azazel is going to be led away into the wilderness never to be seen again and this symbolizes that the sins of the people are going away through what through atonement through the one that is anointed through that ministry that work that service that the anointed one is going to do we'll talk more about this next week in the second half of this chapter there's a departure of sin let me say it differently there is a separation of sin sin is going to leave the camp leave the people and therefore go to a place away separated and that's why we have these two goats being used look again in the middle of verse 10 he will stand the second goat that's implication alive before the lord to make atonement for himself and he will send it to azazel into the wilderness verse 11 and aaron will offer up the bull for a sin offering which is for him he will make atonement for himself and for his household meaning for the other priests and he will slaughter the bull for the sin offering which is for him verse 12. now if you're wise you're paying attention to the order not just the various things that consist yom kippur consist of with these two goats a ram a bull another ram and such all these things are used and it's for the purpose of dealing with sin and seeing the consequences of sin go away be removed from the people look now to verse 12. verse 12 we're seeing something different and there's a connection here because in the scripture the incense offering that's put upon those fire pans known as a censer these uh, fire pans and the incense that goes up in a smoke to the lord they are according to the book of revelation and other places they are uniquely related to the prayers of the people and i hope that you're seeing a correlation a a message that's being taught to us and that's this first sins must be dealt with and that must take precedent over our prayers meaning first deal with sin then you can pray to god and realize there's a correlation between prayer and worship in fact 
Bet Tefillah is called a house of prayer. What do you do there? Worship. You say, I'm going to pray now. What does that mean? I'm going to worship God. So biblically, and also within Judaism, there's that connection between prayer and worship. And we know Messiah himself said, if someone has something against you and you remember that, deal with that before you worship God and offer him something or pray to him. Same principle here. Look at verse 12. And he shall take a full censer, a full fire pan. And it means here with with the coals that are burning, coals of fire. So in that, that, that pan, you've placed it in to where there's coals burning with fire. And it says, which is upon the altar before the Lord. And you fill a handful of of incense incense that are made of of spices which are thin and you bring them from the house of the parochet meaning you bring them from the the holy place now this is very informative look at the end of verse 12. this is telling us something that we see not in the law only this reference to it but what we see in the book of hebrews and that is there was a special incense altar in the holy of holies that that we don't hear anything about there's a reference here (coughs) we don't hear anything of that until the book of hebrews tell us as well so this kind of confirms that the writer of hebrews being inspired of the holy spirit obviously he's correct because it tells us here he shall take uh, a full censer that was upon the altar where there were burning coals from before the lord a a full amount of incense these thin spices and brings them from (laughs) says here from bet la parochet that is from the house of that 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 parochet that veil meaning the other side this is what's so important verse 13 and he shall set upon it meaning place the incense upon the fire before the lord and what happens a cloud of incense will cover the the caport the mercy seat which is upon the testimony that is the ark of testimony and he will not die this is what we talked about earlier in this passage where at the end of verse 2 so the end of verse 2 where it says for in a cloud i will appear over or upon the the caport the the mercy seat this is what we're seeing here at the end of verse 13 so these two verses work together now look if you would to verse 14. we're just told when he follows this instruction exactly he will not die and because he does not die he's able to serve god and carry out this call look now to verse 14. there's always an emphasis of blood 
verse 14 and he shall take from the blood of the bull that bull that was a sin offering from the blood of the bull and he shall sprinkle it with his finger upon the or before the caport before the mercy seat on the east and do it not just on the east but also before the mercy seat and he shall sprinkle it seven times from the blood with his finger why seven seven is related to holiness which is related to purpose all of this is to bring about an atonement whereby one can re-engage in the purposes of god to bring about a change what type of change we'll talk about that in a moment look now to verse 15. and he shall slaughter the goat for the sin offering which is for the people and he shall bring its blood that is the blood of the goat that was for the sin offering for the people he shall bring it into what the house of the veil meaning the holy of holies and he shall do with its blood just as he did with the blood of the bull and he shall sprinkle it upon the caport the mercy seat and before the caport all of this has a purpose what is it verse 16 tells us and he shall make atonement for the holy place why from the tumah from the impurities the defilement the uncleanliness of the children of israel and from their transgressions and from all of their sins and thus he will do at the tent of the meeting the one that dwells upon it the one who dwells upon with them in the midst of their their impurities so he does it for this purpose in order to purify from all the impurities of the people so that he can dwell with them in a pure state now we learn something and that's this the work of yom kippur is futuristic what do i mean by that well in the liturgy it says this and that is from this day of atonement until the next it's futuristic why when this is done it allows god to dwell with the people even though they're committing sins even though there's impurity god stays there by the merit of yom kippur what was done on yom kippurim the day of atonement keeps the presence of god with his people that's what we learn in verse 16. now our last verse verse 17 and there shall not be any man that will be in the tent of the meeting when he comes to make atonement in the holy place until no one's there until he goes forth and what's his purpose to make atonement for himself for his household and for all and notice there's a change for all the congregation of Israel now the congregation of Israel is made up of a wide variety of people from where do we know that well let's just look at one more place before we conclude look if you would to the book of Genesis 
the book of Genesis and chapter 28. The book of Genesis and chapter 28. Look with me to verse 3 where it says, Genesis 28, verse 3. I want to read this in Hebrew, then in English. Ve'el yivarech otcha ve'yifrecha ve'yerbecha what it says here is El Shaddai, that is the God who is sufficient, or the God who is enough for all circumstances. El Shaddai, He will bless you, and He will make you fruitful, and He will make you abundant, and you shall become, and here it is, a congregation of people. For a congregation of peoples, it's in the plural, it's not am, meaning one people like the children of Israel, but it's plural amim, signifying that God's purpose is to bring through his work, his atoning work and his redemptive work, to bring peoples into the congregation of Israel. Just like he did when he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, there was a mixed multitude, and today we see through that gospel message that there are people from every tribe, every people, every nationality, every language, every culture, every different variation of skin color. None of that is important. When someone receives the gospel, God receives them eternally. And he makes us all into one people. What type of people? His people. But only that is possible through a work that God does. And we learn much about this redemptive work of God through what we're studying today in this first half of Leviticus chapter 16 when we learn some of the principles of the day of atonement well next week we're going to pick up where we left off and we'll see how indeed there is a relationship between the work of the high priests and the work of our great high priest messiah yeshua jesus christ i'll close with that until next week may god bless you shalom from israel well we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Shalom from Israel.